welcome to another episode of the Mikey Vard Show. This week has been absolutely mad, especially Saturday. I call it the tale of two parties. There were two parties in one day. The first was my sister's surprise engagement party in Southwark. And the second was my cousin's Halloween birthday party at Harrow in the Hill. First of all, let's talk about my sister's engagement surprise party. Wow, she had no idea. Congratulations to her and her fiancé. Ooh, la la la, fiancé. Oh la la, the fiancé, the fiancé. What do you have to say for the fiancé? Well, the my name is I'm the fiancé. And I like to cook. I'm good at I'm good looking. Strong, tall, speak French. Excellent cook. Intelligent and generous. I'm the fiancé. She had no idea. I don't know if I would like to be surprised, but it worked out really well. He planned it like a stealth mission. Everybody had their their little their little task to do and it all worked out really well when it crescendoed on Saturday because he had every member of family there and my sister thought it was a random birthday party so when she walked in she was absolutely speechless she was shaking she was so shocked while everybody was there it was kind of like a Goodfellas movie she thought she was gonna be whacked okay you know one time when I was getting married the wise guys in my neighborhood threw me a surprise party Turns out, I was about to be whacked. I didn't know we were gonna get busted. Someone ratted us out to the cops. Next thing we knew, we were running for our lives. But no, it wasn't like that. It was, it was, um, it was mad. She was speechless. So what happens was that day junk, I've never seen somebody being engaged before. Have you, have you ever seen that before? I just see it in movies. Or you see it on TV, you see it in a commercial. I never see it in real life. So he pulls out this diamond ring and it's shining, it's glowing, it's glistening. And he goes, will you marry? She's like, yes, yes. He didn't didn't even finish the question. Didn't even get to finish the question. And she said yes already. And the second part of the evening was to, uh, as I said, busy day, to get myself over to my cousin's birthday party at Harrow on the Hill. And I was talking about Harrow on the Hill to some of the family members because not a lot of them have heard of it. I said, it's the inspiration for Harry Potter. I said, now, I thought it was that castle in Scotland. No, maybe some of the exterior, but the actual school is based on the Harrow Boys School, isn't it? And I had to go up there on my own and try and find this venue, which was right at the top of Harrow and the Hill at this bar, really cool bar. Um, But again, proper in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by a cemetery, which I had to walk through. It looked like... The music video thriller, right? I guess I was Michael, but I didn't have the girl and I didn't have any, there was no zombies. Until, I promise you, this actually happened. Walking through the cemetery, I look at my left, I'm not alone. There's 40 to 50 people standing in dark robes. I said, oh, I was generally kind of scared. And they said, oh, we're praying. Are you here for the prayer? I said, no. Do you want me to say any words? They all looked a bit shocked and then I kind of just walked away into the shadows but that was something out of harry potter they were all wearing dark robes they looked like death eaters they looked like voldemort's blooming accolades one of them had long black hair pale face he was stroking a snake my my mr barge our new celebrity he belongs to the dark lord come give us your wand and no harm shall come to you mr barge 
Severus, is that the boy who lived? Come to die. No, seems to be a fool, my lord. Sorry, I'm lost. You know where Haron Hill is? It doesn't matter where Haron Hill is. Any staff or students aiding Mr. Barge on his whereabouts to Haron Hill will be found equally guilty. Yeah, but I get to Haron Hill and it was actually really nice. Really nice. And everybody's asking me about the Alec Baldwin situation. Oof. I guess it's because I'm in the film industry, so people are asking me. Because something like that could happen to someone like me. It could happen to anybody, really. And that's what's really sad about it. Because I was in a play in Oxford Circus. It was a Philip Ridley play. And there was a gun used in the scene. One of the main characters shoots. Does he shoot me? No, he shot somebody next to me. And it was a blank gun, right? So they use a real gun with blank bullets. And we had to have a fire expert to come in. I think he was ex-army. He set up the gun for us, put us through the whole demonstration and said, don't play with it, basically. That was the rule. Don't touch it. Don't play with it. He loads it and he will unload it later on. So that was the rules. And I remember one night, and this is how, and when I say it's a real gun, it's a real gun because we used it night after night, the gun. And one time, before I had to, you know, get on to do my next scene, I'm standing in the balcony because that was the only place to be, right? Outside, because I come in through the window, right? Don't ask. So I'm waiting at the balcony for my scene. They've used the fake gun, which is a real gun, but a fake, a blank bullet. They've taken out the gunpowder, so you still have the... I don't, know, I don't know the ins and outs, but you still have the bang, but there is no projectile that gets fired. Anyway, the police turn up downstairs because they had a complaint. They heard a gunshot... A scream. So the armed police actually tried to come into the play and close it down. That's how realistic guns are, you know, especially these fake guns. Because they're not fake. What should we do? Should we ban real guns and replica guns from film sets? That's a good question. Maybe we should. We don't even need that. You could use a fake plastic gun and CGI to make the bang, the muzzle, the flash, the bullet. You don't actually need a real gun. Why are they firing real guns in the first place. That doesn't even make any sense. You don't need to do that in this day and age for firing a real gun. Do you know what I have for you? As a very special treat, ladies and gentlemen, I have Alec Baldwin's 911 distress call to the police. Yes, what you're about to hear is completely shocking. It's completely rare. It's a, it's a world exclusive. Here we go. 911, what's your emergency? Better be good. The movie better be good. After all this, if this turns out to be just some sort of BC movie, okay, some cheesy cowboy movie, we're going to be annoyed. It better be an Oscar-winning movie after all this. People have died for this movie to be created. They better finish it. Do you think they should finish it or do you think it's just abandoned? Do you think they've just gone like, all right, we'll just stop now because the director's in hospital, the cinematographer's dead, Alec Baldwin, the main star, I don't know where he is. He's on the run somewhere or in the mountains of Shangri-La trying to clear his consciousness i mean you can't come back to work after that can you i mean you're gonna be i think he's out of action now i think this might be he might be retired now because you're not gonna come back on set and then start playing around with guns for the next three months he doesn't i bet he never wants to see another gun again in his life anyway what an exciting episode what an exciting episode so much has been happening so much has been happening so thank you so much for listening to this episode and i will see you on the next one peace (laughs) 